over Broadway. Another episode of Bits Over Broadway. Bits Over Broadway. Welcome back to our deep cut series. Deep cuts. It's less deep. deep, deep, deep cuts. This week is less of a deep cut and more of uh, no one on earth would ever <laughs> choose this musical to do. Because it's uh, bad in so many ways and also has an insane history. And title, I'd argue. (laughs) And title and literally everything about the show is Bonkers. Bananas. Bananas. Yeah. And I was going to say that I think it's funny that our version of quote unquote deep cuts Mm -hmm. is just like flops. (laughs) (laughs) I think that is deep cut of broadway otherwise everyone's like oh yeah of course mm-hmm. you know what i mean like the only way to be because i i feel like since musical theater is so niche anyway as right. far as like popularity i think uh everyone is familiar even with the cult like hit musicals because right. it's such a small compared to like the vast canon of just music Oh, like course. musical theater is very very small in comparison and so it's easy to be like familiar with right most of the uh, entries into the canon i guess one of my one of my favorite things that i've been witnessing on tiktok and i've sent a couple of these videos yes. to you are people being like these are bangers from shows that you've never heard of yeah. and it's like i have heard of some <laughs> of these shows and it's like if you ask a musical theater yeah. person like what their favorite show is, mm-hmm. they will name something that was at the public like 14 years ago, never went yes. to Broadway. <laughs> really, they are the only person who knows about it. But yeah. then like it's fucking bananas. People who love musical theater will go hard on musical theater except for this show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. the show is bananas. So bad. This week we're doing Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. I'm so sorry. This was my pick because we were the last week. We were like, "What is this? We need some. We need more shows that like nobody would ever pick." And right. then I read the book about this show two years ago, and I was like, "Well, Here it's it time. <laughs> it's time to just really dive into what how bad it can be, how bad musical theater can actually be." And turns yeah. out. Pretty bad. Pretty fucking bad. Um, Really fucking bad. All right, Connor. Hit us with those facts and figs. Facts and figs. Yes, facts and figs. Um, Okay, so Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. Oh, God. Is a musical with music and lyrics written by Bono and The Edge. Whoop. So if you really like U2, you'll probably like this musical. But if you also, if you really like U2, you should rethink your taste in music. Um, Bold. The, like the best selling band of <laughs> arguably the last like, 20 years. Listen, just because they are the best selling band does not mean that they make good music. And I'm going to stand by that. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, the book was written by Julie Taymor of uh, Lion King fame Wild. and Across the Universe fame. And um, Glenn Berger and Roberto Aguirre Sacasa. Now, here's the thing. If you want to know why this show is so bad, 
That last name is very important. He is the creator of Riverdale. Uh, it's all coming together now. <laughs> yeah, we can have we can have a little chat about Mr. Aguirre Sacasa. Um, <laughs> he loves teen drama. He loves teen drama. He is a comic book writer and also a playwright. But uh, we could, I digress. The musical is obviously based on the character Spider Man, created by Stanley and Steve D- Ditko. Um, the production history is actually very short. The show never had an out-of-town tryout because of the technical um, uh, like aspects of the show. It was specifically designed for a um, which Broad- the Foxwoods Theater mm-hmm. on Broadway, and like they couldn't do it anywhere else. So the show never had an out-of-town tryout. So it opened for previews in November 2010, and it is the uh, only broad. It's the Broadway show that has the longest preview period. Um, it ran for 182 preview performances alone, and it opened because they uh, all of the um, writing issues and all that kind of thing. They like just kept pushing the date back for opening. It opened eventually in June 2011 and closed in January 2014. It was nominated for Tonys. Wild. It got two nominations for costume and scenic design and okay, one fair. deserved, honestly. Like if I had to say anything, because we we did watch um we did watch yes. this and the costuming is so incredible. I have some notes. You have notes? I think well I, <laughs> I think do. like the design for the villains, I guess. The um what are those what's their names? The six, the The Sinister Six. The Sinister Six, I think are interesting to look at like comic booky but also functional as a costume i I enjoyed that particular aspect of the costuming and so i could see the i can see where the tony nomination definitely absolutely and i i was gonna say the similar thing that like one of the most redeeming parts of the show for me was the scenic design because i again it played into like the comic book design really sharp odd angles that made it look like a comic book coming to life which was really cool yeah um it was also nominated for for a Drama Desk Award and didn't win anything. And it also was um, nominated for an Outer Critics Circle Award. Um, It got two wins for costume and set design. Mm -hmm. And just a quick synopsis. The musical tells Spider-Man's origin story. We all know it. Radioactive spider. Uncle Ben gets shot. um, And as well as his romance with Mary Jane and his battles with the Green Goblin. The show incorporated some elements of the 2002 Sam Raimi Spider-Man film, as well as the Greek myth of Arachne. Um, Which... And to that I say, why? Oh, I know why. <laughs> Did that I, I can tell you. What so, possessed them? <laughs> so Glenn Berger, one of the writers of the show, um, released a book titled The Song of Spider-Man. That was all about why the show failed so hard. So one thing that uh, our readers should know is that this show even though it had a long run on Broadway, it's considered a flop because it is one of the most expensive Broadways, Broadway shows in history. It had an investment of $75 million and never like reached that investment. It never was able to pay off the amount that was put into the show. It's The investors lost about $60 million. 
truly um, insane. So that's why it's considered a flop because it is financially, it didn't make any of the money back. Despite the fact that it ran for arguably like three years. Yeah, three years. I had a pretty long run on Broadway. And I think uh, it was still on Broadway when like I came and visited you a couple of years ago. Like uh, June 2014, that'd be about right. Yeah. Um, crazy. Wild. Yeah. My brother, Wild to think that I was in this city at the same time as Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider-Man. My brother actually <laughs> saw this show uh, okay. right after high school and he graduated in 2012. So he uh, came to New York with my parents and um, my cousin and they took him to see Spider-Man. <laughs> They're like, in- yeah, this will be the one show we can get the kids to sit there. I'm like, honestly, you saw history. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, in 2012, you said? Yeah. So- he would have saw the version that we watched. Correct, yeah. Okay, interesting. Because another interesting thing about this show, one of the reasons why I got pushed back so much was that there are two versions. They're, yeah. And they're completely different. Me trying to figure out where I was in the show by reading the wiki synopsis and not realizing the two versions were so disparate. I was accidentally oh, yeah. reading the first plot synopsis. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hold on. I haven't even seen this much Arachne. <laughs> like, what the fuck is happening? And then I scrolled down and I was like, oh, this is fake. <laughs> like, this yeah. isn't... Okay. This doesn't exist. I see. No. So the the first version, and this goes back to the whole arachne of it all, the first version from uh, November 2010 to April 2011 had everything to do with arachne. Julie Tamor was trying her fucking hardest to make Spider-Man high art, a story about, like, humi- like hubris and humility and um, this story that was really about this Greek myth of Arachne mm-hmm. and like the world's first spider. Um, and should have called everybody... up Anias Mitchell. Should have just exactly. done it, bitch. I mean, um, it fucking flopped. Like literally everybody hated it. Yeah. Everyone was it like, wasn't... we're here for nerds, not for Greek myths. That's exactly. A different and, kind of nerd. And Julie Tamor was like, why doesn't anybody understand my art? And we're all like, Julie Tamor, get the fuck fuck over yourself. (laughs) Just cry yourself to sleep on your bed of Lion King money, you psycho. (laughs) Insanity. So, like, they had to rewrite the entire storyline. Then that's when they brought in, uh, because, like, all of the problems with the book, Julie Tamor got pushed out of the production. And then they brought in Roberto Aguirre Sacasa, who helped Glenn Berger finish the script. Um, and he, Glenn, Roberto Aguirre Sacasa had been writing Spider-Man for Marvel and, um, Marvel also like, they had a ton of say in like the entire plot yeah. and everything like they sure. micromanaged a lot of it. And, um, that is why we have the insane flop and bananas bullshit that this story is. As well as um, we can't gloss over the technical issues. (laughs) I do want to say really quickly right before. um, So the version that we watched was a bootleg. Not that we support that, but, you know, we do what we can. Um, Because also this cast album in like the complete cast album is not available. They never yeah, recorded they, it. They never recorded a, a complete cast album. It, they only re, um, released it as a concept album, and it actually features, like, Bono and The Edge yeah. on it, like, singing some of the songs. And we so, don't need that. And we 
like literally nobody asked for it. Bono, go away. <laughs> like, why are you still here? So the top comment, the top <laughs> comment tell, on I the, like hate you too. <laughs> truly, the top comment on the bootleg is cracking me up, but also like I feel sums musical theater for people, which is this show has a plethora of narrative issues. It doesn't understand the character and his mythos at its core, but God damn it. One of the Spider-Man actors waved at 10 year old me on the balcony and I'll never be the same. <laughs> And it do be like that. <laughs> it do be like that sometimes. Uh, I was talking to one of my friends at work and she was telling me about how she got to see actually both versions. She went to the preview version and then she went to the um, open version. And uh, she had been talking. Uh, she told me the story about how they were like going to um, the train after the show. And they were talking about one of the characters, J. Jonah Jameson, who like really doesn't have a, like a point in being the show at all just a mean guy (laughs) just a mean person who's really there for no reason and um they were talking about him and apparently the actor was on the platform in front of them and he turned around and he started defending the show to them and i was like that is the epitome of musical theater actor no matter how bad and stupid the show is that they are in they will defend it to their dying fucking breath because you understand the character yes that and that is why my thesis for why musical theater actors do not deserve rights and that is why you do not talk shit about the show until you're safely home or several blocks away at a loud restaurant 10 block (laughs) the 10 block rule is so important you guys <laughs> i remember right after we left uh sleep no more i oh, no. was like oh my god i did not care for that and like as we sat down in this restaurant to say it like a bunch of the actors walked in and we were like well it <laughs> we're talking about something else now <laughs> oh that sucks yeah. that sucks yeah because you know i love nothing more than to talk shit so it really yeah, did absolutely for me i mean that's why we have a podcast to talk shit <laughs> exactly <laughs> So let's talk about the technical issues. If you know anything about this show, if you're like a musical theater person, even if you don't know the show, you know the mythos of the show and the fact that it basically maimed everyone in the cast. Unbelievable. So many people got hurt. Like, so many people. There, um, There's the one part... Uh, I don't know if you noticed this, but when he was when he's running on the like bridge and Mary Jane is like dangling underneath it, that is the part that somebody fell through the pit. And I, when I was watching it, so what happened was um, a the stunt double for Reeve Carney didn't get like hooked into the harness and he was running down the bridge and he went to do the jump and he wasn't tethered to anything. So he like plummeted like 30 feet into a, onto a concrete slab, broke his back and had to be, they had to like stop the show and call the the ambulance and everything like that. Like who, who didn't hook him in? Whose job was that? I don't know. That's what happened. (laughs) I'm wild. I'm ill. Like, I feel physically ill. Oh, yeah. He had to be hospitalized. He, um, they had to, like, bring in safety inspectors and everything. Um, they, there was, uh, the woman who played Arachne during, um, previews. She got a concussion during that opening scene with the, um, uh, the weaving and, like, the people swinging and stuff like that. Um, they had someone near the end of the run their leg got caught under a um one of the hydraulic lifts and it like crushed their leg yeah 
like just because of the technical aspects, there were so many injuries that happened. So like, there's a, there's so like so many jokes that get made in pop culture, like in um, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and all that kind of thing of like the actors getting fucking like wrecked Here's my thing like Cirque du Soleil manages to pull off a nightly show in Vegas involving uh harnesses dancing like upside down hydraulic Absolutely. lifts and we've never heard anything like that on like coming from that so what what happened? Like, what I think the that's breakdown? because those actors or like the performers in Cirque du Soleil are actually circus performers. They're trained to do that kind of thing. I mean, yeah, but also like you have to have incredible safety. Like to me, that's someone overlooking safety standards oh, at absolutely. a like fundamental level on the show. Like whoever, whoever was the OSHA rep. Like, <laughs> Oh, I'm reading in the Wikipedia now. OSHA actually find the show. Good, They should. That's yeah. what, like, I guess that's what I'm saying is like, it's, it's very it's a dangerous thing but it's being pulled off um without issues other places so oh, absolutely clearly the issue lies with the people who are running this particular production not to shade cast and crew but like no. something's got to be going on exactly well that Somewhere. was one of the issues was that like the the technical aspects were such a it was such a tech heavy show mm-hmm. and that's one of the things that i did not like about it actually um i kind of hated that aspect um because when we were watching the bootleg i felt like you could it was just like too apparent and like one of the things that we've talked about um on the show is that like good tech is usually when you can't notice it Mm -hmm. and like this wires (laughs) you see the wires you and, and not even necessarily seeing the wires but like you see people like during the bouncing off the walls sequence, like if you look, you can see the tech people like moving the walls Mm -hmm. on stage. And I'm like, and it's just like, I don't know. You can see the seams of the show and it, it like takes you out of the world completely. I think there's definitely a a middle ground where you can have, I don't know. I think we had Julie Taymor involved. Why were there not more puppets? Just do puppets. Like puppets have solved so many of these issues. For example, we saw um, Hercules in the park. Um, and the, all of the uh, creatures, the bad guys that Hercules has to fight, they're all people manning these enormous, intricate, beautiful puppets. Right. And, like, that's such an easy uh, solution. They do it with, um, what's the guy, Chainsaw or Big Saw or Man Saw, whatever the fuck his name. Who's the first guy he fights? Um, I honestly have no idea. He's not a villain, but it's like when right after he gets bit. Oh, the um, the and he like, has to go fight in a ring. The uh, what what's his fuck? The guy in the boxing match. Yes, yeah. Like you could just do that with the villains, and it would be fine. Like, Absolutely. That was it. Was funny, but like it's cartoony and it's a comic book. Like we're gonna right. go along with you. It's co- it's cartoony enough that I would be like, okay, it's silly, but like I get it. You know. Absolutely. I think there's they a way did to some do of that. that. They did some of that after he got bit right before that scene too, when he was like fighting the bullies. They yes. had the like, they were very disturbing because they were like human leg puppets. <laughs> but I was like, it works yeah. because like it makes it, it would be better to do that than to have those actors who are like getting beaten up and like thrown across the room yeah. on wires. And then you have more potential for those people to get hurt. Right. Like that, 
even though it is very like silly and like kind of gross to watch because it's very cl- it's it's the Muppet principle of it all. Those legs are not bearing those weight. Those legs don't bear weight. Those no, legs don't bear they, weight. Those legs don't bear weight, and you know it. And it's unsettling to look at. Yes. <laughs> but like, still, like you said, it's the cartoon aspect. It's the comic bookness of the story. Like we'll go along with you yeah. if you lean in. Yeah. I don't know. I think they tried to strike this balance of it being, um, and and I will say, I think the precedent was set with the Spider-Man movies, to my knowledge, were like, I mean, obviously Superman existed before that, but the Tobey right. Maguire, it is Tobey Maguire, right? Yeah, the Tobey Maguire, Maguire Spider-Man movies. The Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. I saw like two of those in theaters, and I'm not a comic book movie person, but I was like, oh, this feels different than anything else that I've seen before in terms of effects, in terms of seeing comic book fights played out on screen. Like there were a lot more effects. It was a lot more technical than it ever had been up to Mm -hmm. that point, Um, at least in my memory. I'm sure that I'm going to get some nerd emailing me and telling (laughs) me why I'm wrong. That's fine. Um, But I think they were trying to go for the blockbuster effect and like theater and movies are very different mediums and you have to operate differently within them and there's a way to do incredible effects but i don't think that they achieved no and and that's why i say that like i the tech aspect of the show took me out of the show a thousand percent not that there was much show to be involved in Mm -hmm. anyway yeah so (laughs) let's just say that the rewrites of this script were not great but somehow better than the original like i was like oh no reading that first synopsis was tough um i took some notes and i know you took a lot of notes i took so many notes (laughs) um mine are mostly just comments uh the first one is oh big web Which is when they have the aerial dancers like weaving for the myth of Arachne. Yeah. Um, Which is, that was like a cool A cool scene. effect. At first I was like, yeah. oh, they're just going to swing back and forth. That kind of sucks. And then like I saw it getting like weaved and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. That's like respect. That's cool. Right. I will admit that um, even though the Arachne parts are like kind of stupid and they really have no place being in the show whatsoever, I did really like arachne as um or i feel like she had some of the better songs oh for sure um, like, i would watch a show that was about the arachne myth yes i would watch exactly that. i do not want to see it in my spider-man show but no. i would watch a separate show with arachne. like give me a hades town but about arachne yes thank you yeah absolutely and, and we speaking still of still have patrick page involved <laughs> exactly patrick page who plays the green goblin and also hades like oh uh, yes that voice is that my voice <laughs> i was confused about the suicidal spider um yeah that's is, arachne is the spider myth relevant in any way i was really hung up on the spider myth <laughs> As we started out, because I just didn't understand. I was like, oh, they introduced us to Peter Parker. Great. And now he's telling the story as a presentation. I was very confused. Yeah. And that's all a holdover. Because, like, Julie Taymor, apparently, when I was reading the book, she was try- she was fighting so hard to tell the story about Arachne. And it's like, 
This is not the place. Bitch, we don't for care. It. We don't. Nobody care. is going to go see Spider Man to hear the story about Arachne. Like, get over it. They're all gonna. They're all gonna be mad. <laughs> yes, this was the other thing I wanted to say. Like, they were trying so hard to sell this show as something that it was not. Yeah. Like when you read about like Bono and the Edge talking about the music of the show, they're all like, "It's opera. It's poetry." They literally said, "We're doing the same stuff as Rilke." I'm like. Bitch, it is a rock musical. <laughs> Get over yourself. I Shut do think, up. I do think they proved, because I also read a quote that they were like, they were in quote unquote inspired to do it because Andrew Lloyd Webber made some comment that was like, I'd like to thank rock stars for just like leaving a musical theater alone so I could be successful, essentially. Right. Um, and Bono and Edge were like, well, time to give him a run for his money. And I would just like to say this proves that you might not like Andrew Lloyd Webber, but you also can't write a better musical than Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> and if you try, you're going to get Spider-Man turn off the dark. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. It's a, harder, it. it's a harder medium than you'd think. Trying yeah. to weave story and song together is mm, difficult. <laughs> <laughs> It's really hard. I don't want to go off here, but. <laughs> oh, my God. Ugh, listen, um, uh, we will be popping off. Uh, do you have anything more about the myth? The myth? Um, I just said that Athena yeeting this bitch into a spider <laughs> sounds like the worst hell imaginable. <laughs> I don't have, I'm not like super afraid of spiders, but spiders are fucking like, I don't gross. Like, like them. I'm not. Like, you got of them, but... six legs too yeah. many. I'm no, sorry. I... I don't like how spindly the legs are i don't like a thin leg <laughs> i like a meaty like a th- leg you like a thick leg a meaty leg like a leg that a village could uh Feast on. Yeah. munch on <laughs> um i wrote gotta say bully <laughs> bully by the numbers is bad okay wait okay so this is actually <laughs> Got it? yes it's it a is bad, bad. Song. it is it's, it's a bad okay. song but this is what i want to talk about one of the things many things that i want to talk <laughs> many, about many things um the choreo in this show is fucking terrible. <laughs> I want to know what high school musical theater director got to come to Broadway and do this it's to us. bad, folks. It's bad. All of the choreography is fucking horrendous to it's, look it's at. It's heinous to watch, honestly. It, what makes it worse is that the, the ensemble and like the characters aren't selling it. They're, it looks like they're doing it half-assed yeah. because maybe they also realize that it's bad. So I'm like, it's just, it looks like a, the, the show itself looks like a high school production. Yeah, a thousand percent. Despite it being on Broadway. Also, and it, it's insane. Why is one of the characters named Flash? That's in the is comics. Is that a joke? I mean, <laughs> what about the Flash? Is that different? That doesn't make any sense. Why would you have two com- – I don't understand. <laughs> that's he's. That's not like The Flash. Those are two different comic book companies. Is that DC? Yeah. It's dumb, and I think he should change his name. Well, someone <laughs> has to change their name, either this bully or the fast man, <laughs> which yeah. I am pitching I mean, as my answer to The Flash, fast man. <laughs> man, fast man. Man who runs Oh, my God. Fast. Yeah, no, that's just his name. That's just – I think they were trying – like when they were making this comic, they were trying I to hate come it. up with someone – who sounded like an asshole and congrats okay, well, they the won. Name Ted was right there. Like Chad. I mean Tyler. Keith, Keith <laughs> is literally right there. A Tyler, Kevin don't even fucking get me started about a Tyler. There are so many uh, Brad. There are so many names uh, you could have gone with that aren't Flash. And 
wouldn't confuse literally me. just walk into any frat house and ask for Peyton. For <laughs> Peyton. Oh, we hate a Peyton. God, fucking, we hate a Peyton. Um, I but no, this bully by numbers number is so stupid. And also, I was like <laughs> thinking, I was like, you can't really do a bullying number with choreography in my opinion because like you can't be like <laughs> you faggot while also doing a torsion like that just okay well i'd like work. to argue and i'd like to disagree and i can and i have and will continue to do torsion while screaming faggot <laughs> i mean like i can do that because yeah, it's my course. culture but like you're, when you're you can when say you put it. it in <laughs> exactly but when you put it in a bullying number it just like and doesn't here's my work. thing like i don't understand what the bullies are supposed to do other than emphasize that peter is a nerd but like we That's could do that without it, a whole number about it. i don't know i just feel like i don't care about these bullies beating his ass i get it he's a nerd it's right. implied like let me see him fight the bad guys is that crazy there's also this it's also such a weird thing because they're bullying him bullying him because mary jane was hitting on him yeah like <laughs> like they're like uh you're never you'll never get a girl but like mary jane is clearly actively loving him so it's like where where's the disconnect this doesn't make any i just sense. don't and then nothing happens it's not like he gets his spider powers and then he weds right. the bully like that's he kind of does, does. He? he like beats up uh, some of the bullies after he gets like right that, that's the that's the leg puppets the oh, like wild you're right, you're right, you're he's beating up you're bullies right. okay never mind i take yeah. it back i rescind it i still don't like it but i take back my no it's my bad criticism. it's extremely bad but that leads us into um uh reeve carney's entire broadway career which is never not on a treadmill <laughs> um because he and mary jane start singing this song about uh hating their life i mean yeah sure um we just it's funny because we've been doing some high school some musicals set in high schools of late we and have been i would say of the ones that we've done so far this is really bottom of the barrel for me in terms of oh, trying easily. to get the high school vibe right it's pretty bad absolutely absolutely and i think that that is more of a problem of the fact that they were really trying to do the like Sam Raimi kind of thing where like it doesn't um, the Sam Raimi films don't really like focus on him being in high school. That's so secondary. Like, I feel like the, it's, it's extremely secondary to, to the plot re, of the show. They were able to rework it. And this is like the only recent comic book movie I've seen Spider-Man homecoming. Um, and yeah, I feel like absolutely. they were able to work in well the high school aspect of it. But absolutely. it's so secondary to what's happening in this show, in this show's plot, that I feel like it's not right. necessary. Like It really doesn't. It doesn't add anything to the plot. And it doesn't, um, yeah, it doesn't, like, work. And especially with the this song, particularly, No More. Which is the Wizard and I song. Um, <laughs> Every musical's got one. <laughs> it just doesn't, It it's so boring and it doesn't really like speak to like the actual impetus of, or like the um, center of the show and no, like what it, makes It's happening so early that, and it doesn't like set, it happens even before he gets power. Like it doesn't set up anything yeah. 
well, no. I think. And that's another thing um, that's a problem with the show. The pacing of the show is Wild. fucking bananas. So bad. Yeah. Insane. I, I had no sense go, of time. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Because we go from this scene where um, there we find out that Mary Jane's being abused, which they never do anything. <laughs> yeah. And just, he's, she's like, sometimes my dad yells. And that's our cue to know that she's worthy of love. Exactly. <laughs> they have to show that she is worthy. And that's the only way we can show it. Jenny's dad her- doesn't hit her does forrest gump have a reason to love her no <laughs> and that's the jenny principle if jenny doesn't do heroin then there's no reason to if love mary her. jane doesn't have that's what I'm saying. mary jane doesn't have a mean dad then she's just an actress and we're definitely not gonna like her nobody <laughs> likes actors you guys wait nobody hold on sorry I, this is jumping way ahead but she there's <laughs> okay. a line where um late it's in act two like peter's mi- or spider-man has missed the her opening night or whatever and she's like yeah uh i'm not a needy person and i was like okay well you're an actress so that's wrong that's incorrect <laughs> that and you're fundamentally wrong. needy unfortunately you only become an actor if you absolutely need outside yes, validation absolutely. and yes i'm calling myself the out. audacity to be like i'm not a needy person bitch you are complaining because he missed your opening night you are absolutely a needy person absolutely <laughs> here's the thing your show's gonna continue to run he'll catch another night exactly. anyway i'm being very mean to her but, but i've <laughs> also written the only so. person i respect is mary jane so <laughs> I just, it's insane. Um, but no, the pacing of the show is wild because then we go into this, like, we meet Norman Osbend and his wife, Emily, um, who also plays no fucking part in this show. Um, and they're talking about a funding problem, which is foreshadowing hilarious. for the actual musical. Truly hilarious. <laughs> um, and then, like, literally within two minutes, they're singing this terrible song about genetic research and then Peter gets bit. Is this canon? That he goes on a school trip and that's where the radioactive spider is? Essentially, yes. Yeah. Okay. That's hilarious because I truly did not know. And I was just like, well, you know, radio spider probably just like crawling along as one does in New York City. <laughs> as just one happens does. to bite Peter Parker. <laughs> I just like had never <laughs> interrogated the origin story before. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get bit by a spider, turn into Spider-Man. Da-da-da. Like, oh, I guess yeah. it makes sense that he was on a field trip to a lab i don't know yeah essentially that's how how it goes um i think i and no comic book fans listen to this fucking podcast but i don't think that in the original comic book um when steve ditko and stanley were writing it i don't think it was connected to green goblin like it has been done like through the sam raimi film and that kind of thing but i might be i might be wrong about that um i hate this number DIY world is bad. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. Ugh. And I I don't care. Wish that Patrick Page had something better to do. I wish Patrick Page was the only person in this musical and I just heard him sing for two hours straight. Yeah, but like not the no, song. No, none not of the songs, songs that, that are in has. this. <laughs> No, 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 no. no. Sorry, not, I want to go see Hades Town. Is what I'm saying. What oh, I'm saying to you yeah, is, that makes I sense. wish we had listened to Hades Town <laughs> instead of this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, it also stars Reeve Carney, which is very truly funny. wild. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of, Reeve Carney needs to stop being Bono in the 
the show. It's, it's bad. It's a terrible impression. And I thought that I hated his voice. And then Connor was like, oh, but he was also in Hadestown. He plays, he originated Orpheus. And I was like, oh, well, I like him in that. So he's just doing this insane impression that I don't like. Yeah. It's so he's literally just trying to be Bono and like it, it sounds bad and it doesn't work. And I literally hate all of Peter Parker's numbers. Yes, it makes me actively um, dislike the protagonist of the show. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's just, it's literally insane. I um, was, I was going to say that when he's singing, especially in Bouncing Off the Walls, which is next, um, after he gets bitten by the spider, which is a horrendous fucking number, he sounds so insecure in what he's doing. And I don't know if that's like his impression of Bono or, and he's not really like singing it like himself, but okay, he just sounds, ass, yeah, I'm just saying he doesn't sound like he knows what he's doing. He sounds like he's insecure. So that makes the music sound worse than it already is. And not to mention the fact that he's like dealing with all the technical aspects. It just doesn't it's too work. Much. It's too much. It's way, they're doing way too much on stage at once. And it's insane. And then because the like the insane pacing issues with the show, literally Uncle Ben gets shot like two minutes later. <laughs> I can't tell if I have fundamental issues with the show or with Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do unpack I, that. Do I hate Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark or do I simply just hate Spider-Man? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I just was like, oh, so the only thing that everyone needs an origin story. I get it. Right. I don't know. I just, I could do without Uncle Ben, frankly. I That's probably that like blasphemous to say, but that's where I'm a at. A little bit. But um, I was going to say, uh, while I was watching this, I was thinking a lot about um, the other like adaptations of the Spider-Man origin story that we have been graced with over the 5,000 years that they've been making these. And, um, I was thinking uh, particularly about um, Spider uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Is that the cartoon um, one? Because I, the cartoon one that, one that likes, came out right? last year. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that um, that is easily, even though it's not technically about Peter Parker, it's about Miles Morales, mm-hmm. um, a different Spider character. Um, I think that that is the like best adaptation of a Spider-Man story, origin story that we've had. And I just feel like you can't really do the story justice on stage. It doesn't yeah, work. I would agree with that. And as you as we've as we've seen, like there are pacing issues. The story has so many plot holes and problems. Like you just can't really do it on stage because you're so focused on the technical aspects and on this awful fucking music. I feel like this is sort of the inverse of the critique I usually give, which is okay. let's develop the characters a little more. But since these are characters we all are so familiar with. Right. I feel like they could have just leaned on, like, I don't know. I don't I don't need so much introduction to the characters, I guess. Right. I know who Peter Parker is. I know who Mary Jane is. I know Absolutely. Who, I think there's a way to still do character development, but also not do so much exposition. Because we, there, yes. we do know who these characters are, at least a little bit. And, Absolutely. and I think you can utilize that in trying to tell the story. And I think the the issues with the pacing, the issues with the story arcs rely on 
this weird need to explain who all the people are before right. and in this weird giving everyone depth and stuff like with doctor or with the green goblin and right. like oh you have to they're going to turn him into soldiers and like what does any of that plot have to do with anything like just the fucking like evil organization thing is just like so stupid it has literally no point in being there literally just do like peter gets bitten and then the doctor like climbs into the gene splicer and his wife gets like you could just do you could just cinch those two things together exactly also, he doesn't remember that his wife died but he does remember that peter parker is the one who got bit by the spider what are we fucking Listen, doing here i know i know it's fucking it doesn't bananas. make any goddamn it's, sense it doesn't make any sense at all especially because you would expect his wife dying to be the to be genesis of his to, anger well now exactly. his wife's dead so like, he doesn't have anything to live for sorry i'm peeking exactly. i'm mad about so, it no, I I totally understand because again, it comes back to the fucking writing issues of, and it's the fucking Riverdale of it all. Roberto Guarcipasa is a literally insane fucking writer. Yeah, I believe that. Like, it's it doesn't make any sense. This is also he also helped create Sabrina the um, the new Sabrina, mm. the Chilling Adventures. Um, there's a reason why that show is so bad. <laughs> Roberto. Roberto. Um. Uh, I don't. I don't have any other notes uh, until why are superheroes so involved in the media? What does it say? Do I actually care? <laughs> um, I think um, I'm skipping over some stuff. With the Daily Bugle, yeah, that was like the first introduction to the Daily Bugle. So the the Daily Bugle is a really good jumping on point for my notes about the costumes okay. because I noticed uh, because. Again, we watched a bootleg, so it's not the best quality. But I finally noticed during the Daily Bugle scene that the um, some of the costumes are very stylized oh, they are. to look like they um, are like coming yeah. out of a comic mm-hmm. book. Um, and I like that. I think that's a really interesting idea. But it is not consistent. It's not. And I also don't understand why all the students are dressed in yellow and black. Interesting. But none... No one else, it, like, I thought it was like, oh, to denote background versus yeah. Spider Man's in blue and Mary Jane's in pink, right? As per usual, like, I can totally get behind that. But then all the secretaries are in different colors, they're not in like yellow and black. Right. Like, I don't understand what the theme What's the theme? What's the <laughs> color exactly? Here? I, I was just really confused because, like, the Number one, I'm getting. I'm very tired of any musical that has a reporter or like some kind of journalist aspect. Why do they go anachronistic and make it like fifties mm-hmm. style? Like, oh, we gotta shit. get the story. Yeah. Eh? Like, I, it's it, like that's not. Don't do that. That's bad. That's stupid. That's relying on mm-hmm. tropes. Like, make something new. And the other, my other thing was that the. Uh, the costumes are not like when you look at the stylized version, what I was talking about is that like the like the students and Mary Jane and Peter Parker don't have the stylized, like they look like they walked in on the stage off the street Mm -hmm. and it's, it's not consistent across the board in terms of like that stylized, like pop art, um, like feel that like, uh, Aunt May has. And, um, the secretaries have in the daily bugle and it's like 
just take that one step further and like apply it to everybody. And yeah, then you'll have a really um, incredible aesthetic for the show. Mm -hmm. But that's my note about the costuming. I couldn't fucking stand um, it. it it was driving me and insane like j james jane what's his name j-, j jonah jameson j jonah jameson is like this weird uh like citizen kane-esque yeah like news newsman a newsman <laughs> like, um i don't know i just don't understand i get it because that's the comic book is that peter parker sells pictures of himself yeah he's the original influencer like shout out shout out, um, shout out. sells pictures of himself to the newspaper yeah um but like i it did nothing for me i don't know it didn't do no. me i didn't feel like it was necessary i don't think it spurred anything no it doesn't he doesn't really like the daily bugle stuff doesn't really like I think you could have like, touched on it by having so they used video screens a lot in the show. Yeah, um, you could just do like the spinning newspaper headline: Daily Bugle, Spider Man, right. No More, Spider Man fights. Like you could do all of this in just pictures of the headlines right. without having to involve the Daily Bugle like cast and crew. I feel like I exactly. think it takes up too much time. And I get that like J. Jonah Jameson is like a very he's kind of like this they they make a joke in the show um about like them the Daily Bugle not being the the New York mm-hmm. Post, which is insane because in Marvel they essentially are, are the New York, the New York Post. Post. Yeah. So it was like that. I think like, that was, was their bananas. weird attempt at like Broadway New York humor, but it yeah, didn't absolutely. Work. Which we can talk about later. I want to talk about the humor of this show. That's um, so loose in, in quotes. And it is a very loose interpretation of what was going on. Um, but I, the if you want to have that character in there, because he does kind of play this like... Um, comic relief. Comic relief and also like sort of this like anti-voice against spider-man yeah. within the world like just have him be in like small vignettes you exactly. don't need to have him have this like these scenes that play literally no part in moving the plot forward or making you invested in peter parker as a character yeah i i completely agree with that i just want to say i love that peter parker and mary jane um both won respectively the science award and the drama award Oh, wow. In their high school. And I don't know what that is or what it means, but I just loved that Aunt May was like, Peter, you, (laughs) congratulations, you won the Science Award and Mary Jane, the Drama Award. Like, what? I don't know. I don't know. That's fucking bananas. Uh, Then, yes, the Science Man turns into Green Goblin and... Um, let's take, that's the end of the act, right? Yeah, that's, that's the act. So let's go ahead and take a quick, uh, break ourselves and we'll come back with act two. All right. Welcome back. We're back, baby. Act two. Act two. Two. Fuck. So Act Two opens God. with Patrick. I Hayes. did want to say, <laughs> I did want to say really quick. Um, going back to Act One, yes. just a se- for a second. There is um, the song right after Uncle Ben gets shot. Mm-hmm. Rise above mm-hmm. is like 
the first good song of the entire show and it comes in at 45 minutes yes. <laughs> not a great <laughs> not a, re- not a really time. not a great track record <laughs> for the songs of the show um yeah, at all you're right you're right um do we open on uh patrick page yeah we do with him becoming or like stepping out in the full green goblin costume yes. which is gross <laughs> it is gross i do think it's fun character comic book yeah look um mostly just excited to get like a full 20 seconds of just patrick page like i'm just so happy to not care about spider-man and i just get to like listen to this very talented person sing and Mm -hmm. just be in like and enjoying that and enjoying the again we've said the this Humor in this show is loose at best, but I loose. do think of everyone else, um, the Green Goblin and JJJ are um, have the best comedic timing. Yeah, absolutely, I would agree. With and that. they're enjoyable to watch. Which is, I feel like we can like kind of talk about this a little bit now. The funny, I think the the only part of the show that I actually laughed at was the the bit where the Green Goblin is on the phone with the Daily Bugle mm-hmm. and he's yes. like doing the automated voice message. Like yeah. that, that it's to so me good. was like the funniest part yeah. of the show. And, and Patrick Page's timing was incredible. Impeccable. Impeccable yeah. timing. Very good. Like made that, I would say, a tired joke work really well because he Absolutely. is so, he's so good. His timing is yeah. so good. For um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I, um, it's just wild because like, in so, if you didn't know this about me already, I am a comic book nerd. <laughs> I read comic books. I used to write about comic books. Um, I spend far too much money weekly on them. Okay, it's a problem. So, in every aspect, um, this show should work for me, but it just it fucking doesn't. It really doesn't. <laughs> um, but uh, in the book, in like the comic books, uh. Spider-Man is known for being like kind of quippy and witty and funny. Right, yeah. He's, he's very much to be like, like fun. He's and not he's very an much like a sad sack. Exactly. He's a very much a goofball. Like he's yeah. um kind of always when it's not in his when he's not in his like solo book and he's like in a team up on or like on the Avengers or something like he's that. He's usually relief. the comic relief. Yeah. And I think that's because of his age. Like yes. they they but they made him so whiny. He's so Absolutely. fucking annoying in this show. He's a piece of shit. Oh, I hate God. I hate this version of Peter Parker. Um and um I just wanted to say that like they do try to do some of the like quippiness with Peter Parker like when he's like doing the when they're doing the swinging like montages okay but it just doesn't work because reeve carney isn't is bad at it he's not funny he's a noodle boy who plays guitar at your cast party he's not the class clown unfortunately no and that's absolutely not noodle boys have their place in time but absolutely not who spider-man is no, and that and that's the other thing is that Reeve Carney looks like a rock star, yeah. And Peter Parker is not supposed to look like a rock no. star. I will say, uh, and again, I don't care about comic book movies, but I will say that Tom Holland is probably like one of the best casting choices they've made. Um, Easily, he's got no lips. Spider Man, yeah, he got no lips, and he's a little ding dong, little little yeah. baby ding dong. He's a little dink, and so I like love it's that perfect. Yeah, that's absolutely. What I mean. Give me more little dinks. That's what yeah. I want. That's what Peter Parker should have been a dink the entire time. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Um, okay. I don't have notes again until um, 
I just Peter um, and Mary are sitting on a fire escape. Oh, so okay. Wait, hold on. Before we get to that moment, I just want to say really quickly that I would like to be the bee man. <laughs> okay. I, I want to be the man be made B-man. of bees. Yes, the sinister. <laughs> I want to I knew be I was bee man. Something. Yes, <laughs> I thought the same thing when Bee Man came out. I was like, Bee Man. Now that's a superhero. <laughs> now, now that's a superpower person that I would enjoy watching. Bee Man. Absolutely. I want to be a swarm of bees. <laughs> like I just that's and that's it. That is um <laughs> that is my gender identity. Yes. It's just a swarm of bees. Because I'm bees. I'm the bees. I, I am the bees. Thank you. Uh, um, yeah, agreed. Seconded. Also, I am so, so mad at this fucking lizard costume <laughs> because it is just the inflatable T-Rex <laughs> costumes that were funny for three days in 2012. Yeah, they're not funny it. anymore. Okay, but to be fair, that was before that was extremely the time of this musical. Absolutely, so, absolutely. To be fair, they were with the times. They, they fully were. A, uh, this is they make a Facebook joke. They make a, they make several jokes that like absolutely triangulate it into yeah. the 2010 to 2012 time period. <laughs> exactly. I can't oh, remember fully. what they are now. I didn't write them down, but I was like, oh my god! Like if you even knew the <laughs> panopticon of technology we live in now, babe. Right. Um honestly. The but um this is the Sinister Six, the like they mm, it makes me so mad. It's stupid. They're fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> they they have no point in the show is at all. Is that their real thing that they were invented by Green Goblin? No. <laughs> they so, were just villains. So why did they do that? Because Why can't it just be Green Goblin doing all bad things? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You guys, I just don't know. Oh, Connor, you know Big Cry. But <laughs> it's okay. No, I, but like my thing is that the the villains are in the show for all of 10 minutes and they play no fucking part. Yeah, yeah. So like why have them in the show at all? Yeah, that was my question. I thought it was going to be sort of like, again, like Hercules, where it's like the tasks of Hercules, like trying right. to beat the monsters. But it didn't ever feel like they, I feel like they were on stage yeah. and then, I don't know, I didn't feel like they played a major role. Yeah, again, it comes back to the writing problems and the, because they were in the original version. Um, and then they kind of just like got pushed to the side and they, well, the they pacing of the costumes. So abso- absolutely. <laughs> and the $75 million was already invested. So, so well, they have to it. do something. That's with them. Right. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, they just, they play no part. They're literally on stage for all of 10 minutes and then they disappear forever and it's pointless. Yeah. I, absolutely pointless. Um, yeah. So now we get to yeah. the fire escape okay. song. And I, yeah, I want to back up to the talking part um, where oh, yeah. this is the exchange, not verbatim, but as close as I can get to it. Mary Beth or Mary Jane says, Mary Beth, <laughs> sorry, MJ says, Pierre, I have a question. I live, you live in yes. Morningside Heights. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I live on the Lower East Side. But whenever I call you and ask you to come over, you get here in like five minutes. <laughs> and I was like, Okay, what are we doing with this? And then Peter's like, oh, well, you know, beat, beat, beat. I take the A train. 
And everyone laughs. He's like, which, as you know, runs express to 14th Street. And then I get on the L train. And I was like, well, there's no world in which the L train gets you anywhere in five minutes. That is correct. Nor the A train, if we're being serious, but let's just pretend. (laughs) She's like, "Uh, Peter, you can't get anywhere in five minutes or some shit like that. And he's like, I have a teleportation machine. but And makes like some weird joke. And they're kind of like lightly riffing. And then she's like, okay, fine. Don't tell me your secret. And I was like, you should investigate this further because at best he is stalking you and living outside your apartment. (laughs) Thank you. Also, I'm just finally about this a lot more. (laughs) We should be investigating. Listen, Peter, take the, you know, take the needy girl hint and just like when she texts you take a walk around the block go right. to Dwayne Reed walk around for a little bit make it seem like you're taking your time to get there thank <laughs> you, you. idiot and also this stop is living a- in Morningside <laughs> Heights just move to the Lower East Side honestly also thank you for giving our listeners um stalking 101 <laughs> saying it's psycho that he's just like oh yeah i'll show up and she won't know that right like think for one fucking second man one goddamn second you're supposed to be a scientist and you're not using your fucking brain idiot fine don't tell me your secret (laughs) this man is stalking you (laughs) at best i'm just really happy that we finally have your walls (laughs) yes oh my god i mean he is a spider i'm saying (laughs) I'm just really happy that we finally have a piece of um, art that takes place in New York City that is acknowledging the transit times <laughs> within this city. That is, I have finally. been waiting for years for okay, this. Well, when my musical The J Train debuts, you'll be reading those words, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> no, they already did that. It was MTA the musical and it was an all acapella musical in it. <laughs> Okay, so I'll never. That's next on Deep Cuts. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> um, listen, I'm just like so happy because you guys, for those of our readers who do not live in New York, literally, no matter where you are and where you're going, it's going to take 45 minutes. <laughs> that's impossible. Five minutes is impossible. Even there's no form of transportation that will get you anywhere unless you city. are walking to the corner in five minutes. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I'm just really happy that we're finally acknowledging that within <laughs> art. <laughs> Thank God art is recognizing our struggle. <laughs> um, okay. So after that, they sing the fire escape song. Is that Turn yeah. Off the Dark? No, that's, no, that's, that's a rap um, If the World Should End. That's the one they sing at the Tonys, right? Yes, it yeah. is. I remember that. I don't know why. That's like for some reason I watched the 2012 or whatever Tony season they were there for. I yeah, watched the 2012. that Tony awards show and i'm not like a an avid tony's watcher so yeah why i saw that and why i remember them sitting on a fire escape singing is truly beyond me but i did of course um no yeah i i think i remember that one as well um i really think that and uh mary jane watson was played by jen jennifer damiano who is of um uh, next to normal fame. Mm-hmm. She's great. And she's amazing. She and uh, Arachne have the best numbers in the show. Though I will say that most of the duets between Peter Parker and Mary Jane, I tuned out. Bored. Because I, their relationship, I'm just like not invested in it at mm-hmm. all. The entire show. 
I I'm bored in the house. I'm in, and I'm in the house bored. Like, <laughs> yeah. I they I think it's because the majority of the time we only ever see them either fighting or um, Mary Jane being like Peter's not around. So it's like you don't see them spending time together, no. except for like this one. These like two instances at the end of Act One and on the fire escape. So it, you're just, you don't get invested. So whenever they have these like sweet romantic moments, it doesn't feel earned. Now, don't get me wrong. A sweet romantic moment on a fire escape can go a long way in life and in a musical. But yeah, oh, you I love ag- to see it. I agree that the the picture of this and whatever this one is, um, it, it's just not enough to, uh, I think we could have had more. Like yeah, I get I it. Agree. Mary Jane's the like love interest or whatever. <clears throat> But I, I definitely think we could have cut some of the Sinister Six shit and just mm-hmm. like included more moments of Peter with Mary Jane. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I did really like that they used the the video aspect. Me too. Because um, going into like the Sinister Six's like rampage through the city, mm-hmm. I think that they should have leaned more into that. Yeah. Um, because I really only feel like they used it in the second act. Yeah, but they did. I feel like it works with what they were trying to accomplish with like the comic book aspect yeah. and the, the stylized costumes really popped in the video scenes. Yes. And that's what I was so saying. So that worked a little bit better. That's what I was saying about like move daily bugle off the stage and move exactly. it to the video screens. Let's tell this story through headlines. We can yeah. jump through time a lot faster. You can get um, the, you know photo by peter parker you could even Mm -hmm. have like silent scenes of peter bringing the photos to jay jameson whatever like you could there are lots of ways to do it that would require way less from the daily bugle they're trying to use it as like this weird inciting factor like oh it's all going through the daily bugle but like i just feel that's so unnecessary Uh, agreed 100%. One hundred percent. I didn't care for it. I didn't care for it. Didn't care for it. Um, There's a lot in the so, show that I don't care for. <laughs> so then, um, Peter, as we said before, misses uh, Mary Jane's opening night of her play, and she mm-hmm. is big mad about it. And he's like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna lose the best friend I ever had. We're gonna oh yeah lose everything." And then he's like, "You know what? The answer is I'm just gonna stop being the Spider Man and." Mm-hmm. Which is oh, we skipped past like, Turn Off the Dark. Oh, shit. Did we? Yeah, we did. You're right. We did. I'm so- Wait, But no. I just wanted to bring that one up because that was one of the numbers that I actually really liked. You're right. Um, Sorry. This I, – I feel like the synopsis on Wikipedia and how I watch the show are different in terms of the time. Oh, actually, actually I think they – I think they might be switched. I don't remember. I feel like they were. Like I feel like yeah. she gets mad and then – I don't know. Maybe not. It doesn't matter. The but yes, let's go back to um, because the the whole thing between like Mary Jane and Peter when they're like, oh, we need to take a break. Like mm-hmm. that is again just another really boring, sad yeah, duet between the two it. of them, and I, I just it doesn't it doesn't matter. Um, um, but the Goblin tells Jameson that he knows who the Spider Man is, basically. Or that he created Spider-Man. And right. so then Jameson's like, aha, I knew they were in cahoots the whole time. And like just everyone leaves that incorrect assumption alone. Um, right. And so then later that night, um, Arachne comes to Peter in a vision. 
and explains that she is his guardian along with the reminder that being a hero is his destiny and he cannot escape it. It's a good, like, it's a good number, but also what are we doing here? I know it's stupid. And this, again, it comes back to the Julie Taymor of it all. Oh, Julie, I got some words. Listen, um, so many notes, so, Julie. So, so, so many going back notes. to it, Mary, J- uh, Mary Jane, and Peter break up, and then Peter's like, "Fuck this! I'm no longer the Spider Man," and gives the suit to J. Jonah Jameson, and is like, "Guess what? The Spider Man quit." And J. Jonah Jameson's like, "Good. I hate that bug man." And <laughs> his his hatred of Spider Man does make me laugh. I will say. Yeah, for sure. Um, And then, so then Peter and Mary Jane go to a nightclub and he's like, let's get married. And she's like, wait, what? And then he gives her a little smooch. And then she's like, great, now we're in love. And they go back to his apartment and uh, then get a message from the Green Goblin. Well, they get a message from the Green Goblin first where he's like, Spider-Man, you can't quit. I'm going to kill everyone you love. And then Peter's like... Okay, I know I did just propose to you, and that was on me, but I we do actually have to break up now. <laughs> <laughs> Some serious buyer's remorse. Immediate. immediate buyer's, buyer's remorse. remorse. Fuck. Um, Absolutely. And then uh, Mary Jane's like, what's going on? And Peter's like, gotta be the Spider-Man again. Also, there's this weird, like, through line through the sh- whole show about Mary Jane, like, having a hard-on for Spider-Man. And yeah. she just like is always talking to Peter about how horny she is for the Spider-Man. And, and it's just, like, just tell her. Just be just like, like, I'm the Spider-Man. I don't understand. Right. Like, I get all the pictures because I'm the Spider-Man. These are selfies I'm doing. Like, just right. let me. I, I and then understand. your girlfriend will be like hard for you. Like yeah. that. <laughs> it's science. <laughs> it's science. I don't want to tell you so how to live your life. but Bad at science. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. I'm so um, tired. Okay, sorry. I know I'm speeding through, but I just don't care about this. And no, it's okay I just because get to the end. <laughs> basically, basically after Turn Off the Dark. So, like, I yeah. really liked Turn Off the Dark. Yeah. I thought the number was really good, and I it was I, for me it was one of the few times that the suspension, like the the wires worked. and flies, really worked. Agreed. I thought it was really cool. Like the like duet aerial ballet that they were doing was yeah. re- really interesting to watch. I don't have a problem with aerial tricks. I have a yeah. problem with Spider-Man's execution of those. Absolutely. Tricks. But yes, Absolutely. I agree in this number it worked. Um, but after that number, I basically tuned out the rest of the show because it was so yeah, bad. Um, although I did like, this is, um, again, one of the break, the lines when, um, Mary Jane is threatening to like break off their friendship and she's like, yeah, Peter, I get it. We live in New York. Everybody is busy. And I was like, okay, bitch. <laughs> okay, <laughs> go off. Come for my entire wig. <laughs> I mean, it's not ready right now, you. but like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So then, um. We're so busy. We are content creators. We right. have to be turning out content constantly. constantly um i so then we get to the part where the green goblin is king konging his life um on the chrysler <laughs> building <Kong-ing> his life <laughs> he's yes. atop the chrysler building playing a piano and i did write patrick page sustaining this low note on top of the chrysler building for president <laughs> there's one where he just like holds it for a full 30 seconds i feel oh like. yeah that's a really low note. listen it's hot i love it it's really hot it does it for me. literally to purge myself of this musical after i finished watching it i basically just immediately turned on hades town yeah. so i could listen to him sing yeah if you want to um, hear patrick page hades. just go listen to hades town and any song with hades in it is patrick page it's, it's so good so 
Oh, good. He's so good yeah. at being a bad guy. A hot yeah. bad guy. A hot, hot um, Even in a goblin guy. suit. Oh, for sure. So he's telling the audience his plan to destroy New York City. Spider-Man shows up ready to fight. Um, and the goblin's like, I know who you are. I remember who you are. How could I forget? And then he's like, what about your wife? And he's like, what wife now? <laughs> Sorry, what were we talking about? Who, what? <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. The readers can't see this, but I'm touching my face for the first time in literally weeks <laughs> because I'm so fucking exasperated at it's this. So this literally, number one, the this entire final scene between the Green Goblin and Spider-Man uh, it g- completely gets lost. Yeah. Well, it takes the, place over the audience. Yeah, it takes place over the audience. So we really don't see it in the bootleg that we were watching. But also I think the writing just doesn't work. Um, no. And also... There's not even like, there's not even like fighting instrumentation that would no. indicate like... This is the Green Goblin musically, and this is Spider Man musically, and like exactly. now we can follow the fight through music. Maybe this is why we shouldn't have Bono and The Edge composing the music <laughs> for a musical. Bono, have you ever heard of Peter and the Wolf? Do that, but for fight scene music, so I know who's winning. Stupid Thank you. Bitch. Thank <laughs> you. Here's the thing: the bootleg was happening from the balcony. Yeah. Um, and so like. The way it looked, and again, this could just be like you can't hang over the side, but I don't think you could really see the fight scene if you were sitting in the balcony. Probably not. That's the way it appeared to me. And so, like, you have to be considerate of the sight lines in that way and Absolutely. use the tools at your hand at your disposal, music m- mostly, to right. indicate what's going on in the fight. Like, Absolutely. At least something. It's just very flat to me. It doesn't feel like, right. oh, this one's victorious. Oh, no, th- now we have a minor chord that's, like, being louder. Oh, the bad guy right. might be getting the upper hand. Like, there's nothing. It's just, like, an instrumental for... 32 it's, it's, counts and then yeah it's nothing. literally just like a rock instrumental to it, it's more yeah, there's no words there's no lines right. there's nothing it, it's literally it f- reminds me more of like a movie soundtrack than it would mm-hmm. a like composed piece of music that right. you would expect yeah. from a musical because even rock musicals can have that when it's yeah, put together course. by an actual composer a composer someone who understands what the underscoring is exactly doing. and i do think good even movies good movies with good soundtracks and good composers understand that that has to be absolutely like you may not be getting blow by blow like that's the benefit of um a sort of a musical theater situation is you can have the fight choreography and the music occurring at the same time like you can you can fix that in a in a movie it's a little bit different but you can still do like oh no the bad guy's you know, winning or right. appears to be, and then the good guy comes back. Um, also, the Green Goblin has revealed that Mary Jane is hanging off the Chrysler, right. bu- dangling off the Chrysler building. And then for some reason, Spider-Man webs him to the piano. Yeah. I don't understand why or how. And then the villain's like, ha ha, you thought you could stop me by webbing me. Um, now I'm going to squish all these people with the piano, which I, again, don't understand the motivation for. No, there's he really the piano off the Chrysler building and he's webbed to it and then he gets yanked down with the piano and dies. <sighs> yeah. It's bad. <laughs> it's really bad. It it's just bad. Ends. I There's a... 
like I said, like I'm saying, the writing of the final scene just doesn't make any sense. No, it's it's bad. Um, and then Spider-Man saves Mary Jane and she's like, wait, don't go. I think I know who you are. Um, and then they smooch and then they live happily ever after. Doesn't she die eventually? Essentially. No, that's the other girlfriend. That's the girlfriend that nobody remembers. Gwen Stacy. Okay, but when does Gwen Stacy happen? She after Mary Jane? Do they break up? No, I think Gwen Stacy technically maybe I don't remember in the canon of uh Spider-Man when Gwen Stacy is, but Gwen Stacy does die. I think she might have been before Mary Jane. She's the Emma Stone, right? Uh no. I don't think so. Who played Gwen Stacy? Was she in a movie? I don't know. I never okay, so I never saw the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. So I I don't know. I honestly didn't either. I truly didn't. Somewhere everyone is screaming. Yeah, absolutely. Um, please feel free to text me your corrections. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you. Um no, I this fucking musical no they oh god i can't like i can't yeah i'm not gonna ask you to man and chair it because that would imply that we liked it and we didn't so we didn't <laughs> i think that this is a, the the musical it it shows its seams because it went through so many rewrites and so many problems and there were so many issues with the story and everything that um and like the technical aspects it's a show that you can see the seams and that takes you out of it completely. So even if there were a redeeming storyline, if even if there were like good music to go along with it outside of two or three songs, um, I feel like the like aspects, like the the technical aspects and like all of that would completely take you out of it and it would still not it would this show would still suffer. Yeah. God, the tech rehearsals on the show must have been fucking they awful were rough i can't imagine literally were like, anything less than brutal i will have to give you this book because it's wild um they also uh still weren't prepared when the show opened mm-hmm. um technically so like there were previews where uh some of the one there was one um where one of the spider-man actors got stuck over the um audience just in the harness so they had to stop the show for like 40 minutes so that they could try to get him down and they had to actually have tech people come on stage with like a hook to like pull (laughs) him toward the stage yeah (laughs) basically and one of the one of the things that we didn't talk about sized net (laughs) yes it was basically like uh they had the little hook that they would use in vaudeville and they had to drag him off stage. stage. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But like some of the, the, um, the people who reviewed it, like they refused to review the like prepared production. They only reviewed the terrible unprepared shit that they saw. And it got, it got like, panned in the press which is wild because i also read on the wiki that they were saying like the only redeeming quality that the critics had for it was the technical aspects of it right which often didn't work exactly (laughs) if that's your only like redeeming factor and it's not working 100 percent of the time not great bob not Not great great. (laughs) Um, definitely not yeah i 
for me, it's not even like I care enough to hate it. Um, I think it, uh, we kind of talked about this off mic, but Connor, I think you are more passionate about it because you do care about Spider-Man. Yes. Um, I do not care about Spider-Man. So I'm just like, whatever. This is another boring, somehow more poorly done comic book movie than usual. And I yeah. just don't care. Like, it, none of this was interesting to me except for Patrick Page right. and some of the visual, like, costuming and, and scenery. Um, but again, not all of it. Uh, right. But yeah, I mean, if I want to listen to Patrick Page, I'll just listen to just listen to Hades Town. Hades Town, and I'll feel a lot more fulfilled. Um, Absolutely. And yeah, also, if you I want mean, to listen to Reeve Carney, listen to Hades Town because he's not doing a terrible yeah. impression of Bono. Yeah, he's good. Um, yeah, I don't recommend anyone attempt to seek this out for any not at reason. All. Not at all. I can't. I would love to meet a person if if this is your favorite musical. Please reach out to us. I'd <laughs> yes. love to. Just get a psychological profile on who you are. <laughs> we will frankly. be reporting it to the authorities, but oh, that's yeah, not you're here nor there. absolutely going to be dragged to hell. But oh, I for do sure. want to get the the lowdown. Yeah, um, we want to know why this musical makes you tick. <laughs> truly, uh, Connor, do you have anything to plug? Nothing to plug. As usual, you can just find me across all platforms at CRELIA12. You'll find my funny writing, my funny videos, whatever the fuck I put out there. Um, there, uh, Mayor, how about you? Um, nothing for me. Again, all platforms at Meryl K. And you can find this podcast at Bits Over B Way across all platforms. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, uh, Apple Podcasts, any Stitcher, anywhere you find podcasts, we're there. If we're not, email us and we'll be there. Yep. Bits Over B Way at gmail.com. We're also on Patreon. Bits Over Broadway is creating podcasts. Um, and don't forget to check out our weekly series, Quarantine, where Connor and I just catch up and uh, chat about whatever subject we feel like. They're really quick 30-minute check-ins. Yep. Um, so if you are interested in that, that is coming out in the off weeks that this podcast is not dropping. Um, We're coming out weekly now, baby. That's right. We've ramped up our production. We have. Um, we have nothing better to do. That's right. <laughs> Uh, thank you for listening. I think that's all I have. Anything yep. else, Connor? No, I think we're good. All right. Bye. Just cry yourself to sleep on your bed of Lion King money, you psycho. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>